We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. I am Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. It is game day. Lakers versus Grizzlies. Game five. A chance for the Lakers to close it out. Can they get the job done tonight? Finish the series. Get LeBron and AD a little bit of rest before moving on to the second round or do the Memphis Grizzlies push this thing to a game six? Currently, the Grizzlies a four and a half point favorite in this one. Clearly, the belief is that the Grizzlies will, by using that home court energy, by using that desperation that comes with being in a do or die situation, that the Grizzlies will be the team to get the win here. But I think the Lakers may have something to say about that. It's going to be, I think, a very interesting contest here. The Lakers have a chance to buy themselves a little bit of rest. We will see if they approach this game with the necessary focus because this is not going to be easy. They're going to have to approach this game with a very, very fine attention to detail. All the little plays are going to matter a lot because, frankly, the Lakers will probably have some heavy legs after that overtime game, uh, heavier than the Grizzlies anyway because the Grizzlies have a younger team overall, and so I would expect them to bounce back a bit quicker. But if the Lakers can operate efficiently, Particularly, they can get going from behind the three-point line. They haven't shot well from behind the three-point line since game one. Uh, that may be enough to turn the tide and get the Grizzlies into a situation where they start to question just how badly they want their season to continue and how attractive that summer vacation is in that moment. We'll see if the Lakers can get to that point. I think the Grizzlies are going to come out and throw everything they've got at the Lakers. I think it's going to be a very difficult matchup for L.A., but... If the Lakers can find a way to get it done, man, that would be incredibly impressive. We've got a lot to dive into, into today. Uh, I've got a number of, of Super Chat questions that I've got to get to that will uh, organically just kind of put me into a lot of different topics. We'll get into that in just a moment. Before I go there, though, um, I do want to mention that that as I'm recording this this evening, most of you watching and listening to this will be getting this Wednesday during the day, but this was a pretty good night for the Lakers or Lakers fans anyway in that the Clippers were eliminated, so they are no longer in the playoffs. The Phoenix Suns knocked them out. Uh, four to one was the final in that series. So the Clippers have gone home and the Boston Celtics lost to the Atlanta Hawks. And this is actually a big deal. I don't think the Hawks are going to win that series, right? But the fact that the Hawks were able to stave off elimination and extend it to another game, it actually matters a lot because the 76ers are already through their series and they're waiting on the Celtics but Joel Embiid is dealing with a knee injury so the longer that Celtics series goes 
the longer that gives Joel Embiid to get his knee right. And let's face it, if the Sixers are going to have any shot against the Celtics, they've got to get a dominant performance from Joel Embiid. So while I don't think the Hawks suddenly become a threat to win this series or anything like that, I think the Celtics dropping this game and switching it to a 3-2 series lead, not finishing finishing things out, may actually matter a lot for the Celtics' chances in round two. Now, now again, I would still pick the Celtics to beat the 76ers, but nonetheless, nice to see Clippers and Celtics lose on the same night. Not a bad night for a Lakers fan, particularly on a day when the Lakers are not playing. But let's get into Lakers, Grizzlies, Game five, got a lot, chat, a lot of chat questions. A lot of people concerned, despite the fact that the Lakers, look, that was an incredible win, uplifting win, was exhausting, um, stressful as well. All of those things combined to make that game four win. But there's some concern in the air about the Lakers as we head into game five. We're going to get into that. Uh, Be Witness kicking us off saying, it's becoming obvious. AD isn't alpha enough to demand the ball, so Darvin Ham has to scheme ways to get him the ball. And I don't know if he has the coaching creativity to do so. This is, aside from injuries and age, this is the biggest problem facing the Lakers right now. And if they don't figure this out, this will not be a lengthy postseason run for the Lakers. The Toronto Raptors did this to the Lakers during the regular season. And when the Toronto Raptors did this, they essentially committed their entire defense towards stopping Anthony Davis from being the guy who beats them, saying, look, anybody else beat us. We're not going to let AD be the guy that beats us. And they had a lot of success. AD only had eight shots in that game. That was on March 10th, so almost two months ago. And in that game, Anthony Davis took a total, oh, I'm sorry, took a total of seven field goal attempts, eight points, seven shots, eight points. Now, the Lakers won that game, 122 to 112, but D'Angelo Russell had to drop 28. Jared Vanderbilt had 16. 23 for Dennis Schroeder. 16 for Rui Hachimura. 18 for Austin Reeves. Look, the other guys did step up and beat and beat the Raptors. But AD didn't, AD didn't go nuts. AD had eight points and nine boards. He still did his thing defensively, had four blocks. But if you can effectively... Not allow AD to be a a superstar on the offensive end with your defensive schemes and trust that over the long haul, the other guys on the Lakers are not going to be able to beat you. Well, there's ways to do it, apparently. That's what we're seeing here. And that's what the Memphis Grizzlies are doing. That's what teams have been doing to the Lakers since Toronto did it. It's like Toronto shined a spotlight on this strategy. And unfortunately, it works. It seems to work. Look, we've seen AD in four games in this in this Memphis series. He's had two bad games offensively where he just has not been involved enough. I've said it a bunch of times. I want to see 18, 19 shots minimum from AD field goal attempts. Now, if he has 15 free throws or something, okay, you can. that's a sliding scale, right? Because every free throw attempt, unless he gets an and one, that's a field goal attempt that gets erased. But nonetheless, my target for him, Probably about 19, if not if not more, field goal attempts. That's how involved you want him to be in the offense. And yet teams, including the Grizzlies, are finding ways to prevent that from happening. Uh, game three was phenomenal for the Lakers. AD put up 31 points. AD had 24 field goal attempts, 10 free throw attempts. Now, part of that was I thought that was the 
properly officiated game out of this series, games one, two, and four, I didn't like the way that it, it was officiated. So I think that benefited the Lakers. I think the, the tighter the calls are, the more that's going to benefit the Lakers because the Lakers are the team that tends to do a better job getting to the free throw line. They do a better job defending without fouling. So if there's a game where the, the referees allow it to be increasingly physical, that's a negative for the Lakers. That hurts the Lakers more than it hurts the Grizzlies. But nonetheless, AD, 24 shot attempts in that game. That's what you need to see from him. You need to see an Anthony Davis that is the best player in the series. Even look, game one, 17 shot attempts. Not bad, only two free throws. But that's not, you, you can survive with that, right? And they won game one, 22 and 12 from Anthony Davis, 17 shot attempts, okay. Game two, 14 shot attempts, not enough. Game four, 13 shot attempts, not enough. You had 13 points out of AD in game two, 12 in game four. You can't allow teams to scheme the guy who should be your best player out of the game half the time. That can't happen. That cannot, the Lakers will not go far in the postseason if that continues. So it's on part of that's on AD to be aggressive, get the ball and go, demand touches. Part of that's also on Darvin Ham to scheme ways to get Anthony Davis the ball. I, I tell you, it's aside from injuries, like managing injuries is the most important thing. But aside from that, if anything is going to send the Lakers home this summer, it's this. And we've been saying it for almost two months now that the Lakers have to figure this out. They've got to figure out a way to counter these teams that commit everybody to AD and try to stop him from having a good game. You've got to find ways to get in the ball, get production out of him, let the other guys feed off of that. But you need a dominant Anthony Davis. Mamba mentality. Job's not done. Job's not done. Job's not done. Absolutely. Treat next game as a game seven. Grizzlies will. It's elimination for them, but let's celebrate. Uh, we need it badly after that edge of your seat, nail-biting game. D'Lo. D'Lo indeed, and we'll talk about him in a little bit. But, yeah, it's easier said than done. But the Lakers, somehow, some way for game five, have to match the Grizzlies' intensity. The Grizzlies are in a do-or-die situation. They're going to throw everything they've got at the Lakers, and... I don't know if the Lakers are going to be able to do it, but they've got to match that energy and that intensity. And the crowd at FedEx Forum, they are going to be going berserk every time the Grizzlies do anything. This is going to be a real challenge. I will be incredibly impressed if the Lakers find a way to win game five. Salvador, I was talking smack about D'Lo, and then in the fourth, he hit them clutch threes to bring us back into the game. Mr. James, have yourself a game, sir. Great win. I was doing the same. Look, I had the same reaction most Lakers fans did. When Darvin Ham put D'Angelo Russell back in the game, I said, oh no, what are you doing? D'Lo was not playing a good game. And uh, you know what? Darvin Ham was rewarded for his faith in D'Angelo Russell. And I couldn't be happier to be wrong in, in that situation. Darvin clearly made the right call to put D'Angelo Russell back into the game. And D'Lo responded with back-to-back-to-back three-point shots that, as, as Coach Ham said after the game, the Lakers don't win this game without D'Angelo Russell. He is 100% correct. The Lakers do not win that game without D'Lo, and it was so impressive to see uh, D'Lo step up and hit those shots when the Lakers needed them so badly. They were down seven, and it looked like they were dead in the water, and then they couldn't generate offense, and then D'Lo hitting those shots went a long way towards turning the game around. Yo said we need to give Darvin credit for taking out Rui for D'Lo for more of an offensive push to get us close. 
Agreed. I In the moment, I thought it was the wrong decision. That obviously was not the case because D'Lo came through in a big, big way. Mark, I don't think LeBron set out to have one of his greatest playoff performances ever. It just, just sort of worked out that way. He says this series is a wrap, whether in five, six, or seven, go Lakers. I am the nervous type, so I can't say this series is done. Job's not finished to me. Job's not finished. You have to go out there and get it done. And to me, you're tempting the basketball gods if you start saying, oh, it's over, it's done. Think about Tracy McGrady way back in the day saying how good it feels to get on, get to the second round and then that didn't happen uh, or get on to the next round and then that didn't happen. Um, you don't count your chickens before they're hatched. And so I can't say this series is a wrap in any kind of way. I think it's tempting the basketball gods in a bad way. Get the job done first. Get the job done. Job's not finished. Vector Nova, this game took years off my life and it's only the first round. Me too, man. That was that was such a stressful game four. Glad D'Lo got those clutch buckets. Hopefully, signs of things to come. Can the refs please stop being awful? Yeah, how much of this is playoff basketball and how much of this is just really bad officiating? I mean, blatant fouls that are just being, just not being called. I mean, right in front of the officials. And Jaron Jackson Jr. has gotten away with so much. This The only game where he was properly officiated was game three, and he was in foul trouble for a good chunk of the night. Why? Because he fouls constantly. Constantly. And that's not to say the Lakers haven't gotten away with stuff. The Lakers got away with stuff in game four, too. But we saw referees just say, that's it. We're just going to let you guys go. And that game got physical. And again, I... I think that hurts the Lakers more than it hurts the Grizzlies when the referees just swallow their whistles and they're not making these calls when LeBron's getting contact at the rim, AD's getting contact at the rim, Austin's getting contact and they're not getting calls. It's it's definitely a problem. And by the way, I, I need to mention this because this is something I was thinking about earlier. D'Angelo Russell, he fouled out. And by the, the standards of any game, it was a ticky-tack foul. By playoff standards, it, by the especially that particular game, I was surprised that got called. Now, I didn't see from the replay. It was Desmond Bain was shooting a, a baseline jumper. D'Lo may have touched him on the elbow, may not have. It was hard to see. Based on the way that game was being called, that was a very, very soft foul. And D'Lo had been rolling, and that was his sixth foul, and he's out of the game. But I give D'Angelo Russell a ton of credit, a ton, because of what happened next. D'Angelo Russell, and this stood out to me in the moment, the foul gets called, and D'Lo protests for a moment. He's upset, right? Didn't feel like it was a foul. And D'Lo made some mistakes. Or he had a terrible and one foul on Jaron Jackson where he needed to just go hands off or wrap him up, and he didn't either. He gave up an and one on it. He made some poor decisions earlier in the game to wind up in foul trouble. But that sixth foul gets fall, gets called. Certainly a questionable whistle by the referee, particularly based on what we'd seen in that game where guys were blatantly shoving each other with no call. But D'Lo protests for a moment and then jog, doesn't walk, jogs to the bench. And I look at that as being such a mature decision for a couple of reasons and we see this all the time in the nba where a guy gets hit with a foul call they don't agree with and they argue and they get demonstrative and they get upset 
And I think D'Angelo Russell, in that moment, doing what he did was so mature for two specific reasons. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He's not going to change the ref's call. The ref's not going to, D'Lo's not going to protest and then the ref's going to go, oh, you, you know what? You're right. You're right, D'Lo. Let me take that foul back. That's, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And even if it was the wrong call, there's two things that could potentially happen that could cost the Lakers the game. Number one, D'Angelo Russell could protest so much, react so strongly that he gets a technical foul. He was upset about the call. He took himself out of the situation though. He didn't get a tech, right? And not that he's a guy who gets a ton of techs or anything like that, but but he made sure that wasn't going to happen. He removed himself from, he was frustrated. He removed himself from the situation. Okay, a, a point off of a technical free throw at that stage of the game could have been a big deal, right? I mean, the Lakers tied the game to go into overtime. That could have decided it. So number that's one point. But number two, the Lakers are a team that thrive getting to the free throw line. And they get extremely frustrated when they're not getting calls. And we've seen this. And again, rightfully so. That was a frustrating game to watch where there were a lot of fouls that just did not get called by the officials. So if D'Lo makes the game stop and he protests and he's upset and he's up in arms, that gets the crowd upset, that gets the rest of his Lakers teammates upset, and it gets your focus out of the game. The call's not going to change but it gets you out of your rhythm. Your mental focus goes to these refs are ruining the game. This was such a terrible call. All your energy gets directed at that. And I don't know if this was Delo's thought process, but in the moment, I thought, man, what Delo did there was so smart. Number one, avoiding the tech. And number two, he got off the court quickly. He said, look, I'm out of the game. But he got off quickly. The focus wasn't on D'Lo and that call. The Lakers were able to continue to focus on the game and get the win. Ultimately, get the win. Again, I just thought it was a very mature decision there from D'Angelo Russell and something that I wanted to highlight. All right, Mark. Gladham went with Schroeder rather than D'Lo down the stretch. Well, D'Lo fouled out. That's, that's why. Kyle Hampton. How do we put this annoying team away for good? So... I think what the Lakers need to do, they need to, and I mentioned earlier, they need to have a, a positive three-point shooting game, like 42 plus percent, right? 
like we saw in game one. That's what you need in order to win this game. You're going to need uh, an outlier three-point shooting night because the Grizzlies, I think, are going to have the the um, energy advantage. I think they're going to have fresher legs than the Lakers will. And obviously, they're going to have the desperation advantage. Like That's going to matter, right? They're going to play. This, this is their lives on the line, essentially, right? Their season is over if they lose this game. So I think you need a very strong three-point shooting performance because when you have one team that's got more energy, that's going to be more physical, that's going to be um, playing as though you know their backs are against the wall, one of the ways to mitigate that is by shooting extremely efficiently. And that's what the Lakers are going to have to do in this one. That's the key stat that I'm going to be looking for. Uh, Lakers playoff basketball at crypto hits different. Man, it is so great to see playoff basketball at crypto.com uh, arena again. Opinionated conversation said, sit Beasley and let Walker play. I did a video all about that on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Lakers Nation. And I explained exactly why I am now of that mindset that I'd be playing Lonnie Walker. And you know what? Maybe in a game like this, where I think the Lakers are going to be playing on heavy legs, maybe now is not a bad time to throw a curveball at the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies aren't scouting for Lonnie Walker. There's no way. And so you get a Lonnie Walker on fresh legs to come in. Could that give you a boost in a game like this? Maybe. Lonnie's not a great player. But I made the argument the other day that, look, the the job that's being asked of Malik Beasley now, not the job he, that was being asked of Malik Beasley when he arrived at the Lakers, the job the Lakers are asking him to do right now, the job description, it's more of a Lonnie Walker job now than a Malik Beasley job. So I actually think that Beasley, Walker should indeed get those minutes. And I wouldn't be opposed to doing it here. Now, if the game's close, Maybe it's another story. Like if the Lakers are up even in the second quarter, the second quarter has been a problem. The Lakers have lost the second quarter in all four games. But if the game is not going your way, let's say you're down seven, eight, nine, something like that in the second quarter. What better time, especially if you can tell your team doesn't have a lot of energy, what better time to say, okay, Lonnie, go and throw somebody at the Grizzlies that they're not expecting. We're going to pause for just a moment to talk about game time. Ticket buying can be a very stressful experience. Personally, I am always trying to make sure that I'm getting the best deal. And that's not always easy to know. You have to go fully through the checkout process. Sometimes one app will say one thing. Another app won't give you the final price until the end. It is a nightmare. But buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets and a best price guarantee. So you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you are going to have. Forget about planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. So you suddenly find yourself with a little bit of time, you have some friends that want to go do something, grab tickets on game time. Game time, the guarantee means that you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's how confident they are in their best price game time guarantee. It is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You even get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect. 
when you arrive. Snag tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LakersNation for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LakersNation for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, Game Time. Lakers fan, from 2 and 10 to up 3 1 on the second seeded Grizzlies in the playoffs. I added second seed, seed in there. Incredible turnaround this season. Incredible. From two and 10 with a slim chance of making the playoffs. To now here you are in round one, up 3 1 as the seventh seed going against the two seed. Been great. So uh, this has been so much fun, everybody. This has been so much fun. Lawrence. Great win for the Lakers. was great to finally see LeBron match up Hunt, Ja Morant in crunch time. Keep up the great work. That's something they need to continue doing. You know, Ja's shooting reverted back. There was regression that hit him. He was 6 of 10 from 3. The previous game definitely cooled off in game 4. Hopefully that continues, although he is going to feed off that home crowd. Chocolate Attic. For those of you who are quick to criticize AD, he was very good defensively and was clutch with that layup off the Grizzly turnover in OT. Oh, yeah, look. AD defensively? is bringing it every single night. I cannot complain there. I think he's the best defensive player in the series. And he's going against the defensive player of the year in Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, and Jackson had a very good defensive game in, in game four as well. Probably his best defensive game of the series. The problem is Anthony Davis can't just be a good defensive player. And I shouldn't even say good. He's great. He's a great defensive player. But that's not enough. That's not enough. The Lakers need an MVP caliber, Anthony Davis. And that means a player who's getting it done on the offensive end. You can't have AD not getting it done on the offensive end in two out of four games in the playoffs. Face reality. Stat of the night, LeBron, 45 minutes, one turnover. Incredible. Incredible from LeBron. KM, common thing in the game feed, Dennis Schroeder, bad pass. He did have some bad passes down the stretch. That said, I've been saying for a the last couple of games that you needed a good Dennis Schroeder game. Like it's been a little while since we've had a good Schroeder game. Three turnovers is a bit rough, but 12 points, a plus 24 with Schroeder on the floor. He did some good things defensively. There have been games this season. There've been a number of games where Dennis Schroeder helped. Like, I don't want to say carried, but was a huge part of the Lakers getting a win. Huge piece of the Lakers, you know, getting the job done and getting a win. So when I look at, at what Schroeder has done over the course of the season, I mean, look, he had 21 points um, in, in the play-in. He put up 21 points for you in the play-in, including three or four from deep. Like he has the ability to do that. We just haven't really seen it in this series. Game five would be a great night for it. For him to, to really have one of those big games. Played 30 minutes in game four. Three of five shooting, but 0 of one from three. Look, he, he has seven points in game one, zero. Seven points in game three, 12 points in game four. That's not really the Dennis Schroeder that we've been used to. The Dennis Schroeder we've been used to over the course of the season has been every other night or every third game. He's putting up, you know, 18 to 20 points or something and giving you like a real boost. We've yet to see that. Maybe that's still coming. Maybe that comes in game five. And by the way, LeBron is only shooting 19%. I'm rounding up to get there from three for the series. He is due to make some threes as well. Now, maybe his legs are a reason why he's not hitting those. But if you get the 
positive Schroeder game that's overdue at this point in game five. If you get the positive regression from three for LeBron in game five, maybe the Lakers do take it. <laughs> this one said, hi, Latrev. Love that we got the dub because of LeBron, but do you ever get worried about the ego three-pointers that he takes? Um, yeah, I mean, speaking to the stat I just mentioned with him shooting 19% from three, it is indeed a little bit of a concern. Um, I, I don't know if I'm going to call him ego three-pointers, but I also think he just can't drive every single possession anymore. And so he's taking threes. You just, Lakers just need them to, to go in. James Bell, Brooks defense is overrated. Man, LeBron sure shut up Dylan Brooks two nights in a row, did not talk to the media. This is the guy who wanted to talk, now won't talk to the media. The guy who was calling LeBron old, right? Saying he doesn't respect anybody who doesn't drop 40 on him. Now suddenly he's quiet. That's the Grizzlies as a team. They want to talk when they're up. As soon as you fight back, though, and they shut up fast. Jared Chalker, how do we put Jimmy Butler's energy and effort into AD? Some really good games. I don't know that it's an energy and effort thing with AD. I would love to see AD be, be more aggressive. I do wonder, too, how much is the hip bugging him? Obviously, this hip thing has suddenly become an issue, and he landed hard on that hip in Game 4. We'll see what he looks like for Game 5. Opinion and conversations. Darvin Ham needs to use another big man. We've been hearing that for weeks. Lakers fans have been saying, need another big in there, need Mo Bamba, somebody like that. Uh, AD will break. He won't make it through the playoffs. I think that's part of the incentive to get it done in game five is you can get these guys some rest, get AD some rest, get LeBron some rest while you wait for the eventual winner of the Kings and uh, Warriors series. Wouldn't that be incredible? If Kings-Warriors go seven, that'd be fantastic. If the Lakers could get it done in five and then have significant rest time for LeBron and AD could be crucial. Uh, he also says bench Malik uh, and let Lonnie play. I'm in agreement. David, Lakers got to blow the Grizz out in the first half next game. Make the Grizz think about vacation and how to get rid of Brooks. AD's got to be better. David, I agree. I think there's a chance. I, I wouldn't say, I think the most likely thing is the Grizzlies win by a significant amount. I'm not going to say a blowout but I'm going to say the Grizzlies win by six, seven points or more. I think that's the most likely outcome of game five. And I'm not trying to say that to be negative or Debbie down or any of that kind of stuff. Just the general energy of playoff series, the general uh, theme narrative path, I guess is the word I'm looking for that the playoff series tend to follow is the desperate home team wins game five. That's the way that that tends to, to play out here. And then, given the next chance to come home and close out the series, the Lakers win game six. That's I think that is the most likely outcome that we see. However, I think this is the least likely outcome of game five, but not an impossible outcome. The Lakers could also break the Grizzlies. Like, the Grizzlies are not... They are not happy right now. Nor should they be. They're down 3-1. But Jaw's not talking to the media. Dylan Brooks is not talking to the media. Clearly, they're frustrated. If the Lakers defensively can continue to swarm in game five, and again, I don't know that they have the legs to do it, but if the Grizzlies' shots aren't falling, that can be demoralizing. If the Lakers' defense is doing a good job and the Grizzlies can't look, if they see the ball going to the basket, that's going to feed energy to their team and they're going to play off of that. If they can't, if they shoot poorly, if the nerves get to them at all, 
the Lakers, if they can get a big enough lead, like let's say, again, I think this is the least likely of all the different scenarios that I can see for how this game's going to play out. But there is a scenario where the Lakers are up 20 or something. Let's say the Lakers have that outlier three-point shooting night and the Grizzlies have a poor shooting night and the Lakers are up, say, 20 or something heading into the fourth. If the Grizzlies don't make a significant push by, say, the eight-minute mark or so, we might see the Grizzlies break and just say that's it and we're going to plan our va- head off to our vacation. That that possibility, it's not what I'm expecting. Again, I think it's the least likely of all the plausible scenarios that I see, but it is possible. Justin Kirkland, let's go. Had me stressing with their stagnant offense in the middle of the game. Part of that is credit to the Grizzlies for their defense was fantastic in this game. It really was. But who the heck cares? We got the win. MV Reeves star in your role. Uh, Austin Reeves was, uh, was, was good in game four. I think the Lakers are going to need him to be great in game five. I really think a lot, you're going to need a lot of guys to step up in a big, big games in game five on both sides of the ball. LeBron superstar master lock, the refs inconsistency. The refs have been driving me crazy all series. They really have the urban progressive AD was visibly hurting after that fall on his hip. He and Braun Braun need the iciest of baths. Yeah. I mean, I, I am concerned about the hip. This one says, can you imagine the slander if LeBron missed that layup forcing overtime? Oh, people would be losing their minds if LeBron missed that layup. They would be so angry with LeBron because people are out there looking for any opportunity to trash LeBron. And yes, so that would be a big thing if he had missed. Super dope hip-hop. Bring in some facts here. Braun, fourth ever playoff, fourth time anybody has ever put up 22-20, and 7-2. and two. And for the people who believe LeBron is not clutch lies, that was LeBron's seventh playoff field goal made with less than a second left to tie or take the lead. And he is, and actually he messaged me and corrected, said it's he is six of 10 on shots to take the lead with less than a second left. LeBron has seven of these. Jordan has three. Jerry West, three. Kobe is two, Larry Bird two, Reggie Miller two, Damian Lillard two. And yet the narrative out there is LeBron's not clutch. And the reason why is because we've seen LeBron in situations like that pass. And that's where this narrative of LeBron isn't clutch comes from. We've also seen moments where he has an opportunity and he winds up taking a fadeaway step back three that misses. And so people get this remember that that sticks in their heads and they and they just have this idea that hey LeBron's not clutch clearly because hey Kobe wouldn't have passed MJ wouldn't have passed there they would they would have taken the shot um look the the Lakers against the Wolves they that should have been the game winner LeBron passed to Dennis Schroeder Anthony Davis fouled and sent the game into overtime fouling Mike Conley but LeBron made the correct basketball play I think that first and foremost is it's part of what makes LeBron great is he's constantly trying to make the best basketball play but it's also part of what gives people room to criticize him because you're the star, so you're supposed to take that hero shot, right? And LeBron, and I don't think this is a problem. I don't think this is a bad thing. LeBron says, no, I'm making the right basket. If my teammate is wide open and I'm not, I'm going to give the ball to my teammate and trust that he's going to knock that down because that's the right basketball play. And I don't have any problem with, with LeBron having that mindset. 
but some people will because that we remember Jordan hanging in the air and, and finishing the shot, Kobe doing the same type of thing. And you expect that from LeBron because we expect that from all the stars. But then on top of that, you've also got moments where, where LeBron, if he does take that shot, it's the long step back three that misses. And that's where people get this idea that LeBron isn't clutch. But you look at pure volume, he's got more game winners essentially than some of the greats. And he doesn't get a lot of credit for them. Because this is something that, that people can latch on to. Remember that time LeBron passed? How dare he? And then people latch on to that as a way to discredit LeBron. Jordan Price, Grizzlies and the low blows. I really don't understand uh, why Jaron Jackson Jr. balls up his fist and punches Dennis Schroeder in the junk. And that was just a common foul. Whereas Dylan Brooks pokes the bear on LeBron and that's a flagrant two in injection. I'm not arguing Dylan Brooks shouldn't have been ejected. I'm saying why, why, how was Jaron Jackson's foul not even a flagrant one when it's such a similar play? I guess they ruled Jaron Jackson's was inadvertent, but still, whereas Dylan Brooks was intentional, but I don't know. Davion Nelson. Why aren't we playing Mo? Lonnie needs minutes over Troy and Malik. I actually thought Troy Brown was was pretty solid for the Lakers in uh, in Game Four. Vando needs to be in closing lineups. So, I've talked about Mo. I've talked about Lonnie. I don't want to rehash that. But Vando, why is he not in closing lineups? Well, look what the defense does when Vando's on the floor. Just go back. Just watch watch any of the highlights. Even you don't even have to watch the whole game. Just go watch what happens when AD gets in pick and roll when Jared Vanderbilt's on the floor. Look, Bando hit, what, two threes in the first quarter? Why? Because he was wide open. Why was he wide open? Because the Lakers ran pick and roll with AD, and Bando's man said, I'd rather stop the lob to AD than stop Jared Vanderbilt shooting a corner three. And that's the correct decision to make. Statistically, that is the correct decision to make. Credit to Bando. He knocked him down. But that's why Bando's not in closing lineups, because it bogs down your offense so much because teams will ignore him. Now, again, he knocked down a couple of them, and he had 15 points in the night, which is, I mean, hey, if you get 15 points from Vanderbilt, fantastic. Either something, either you're saying, thank goodness, or something went terribly wrong if Jared Vanderbilt puts up 15 points. But in this case, it really helped the Lakers. He gave them a boost when they certainly needed it. But if you look at the way teams defend AD, they just say, well, we're, we're just going to commit the extra man. We're get, we've got an extra man to put on Anthony Davis in the paint if Jared Vanderbilt's on the floor. That's why you, you're not closing with him. Um, Ham needs to learn to call timeout. It's one of my issues with Darvin Ham as well. I feel like he lets games get out of hand. He lets runs go way longer than I'm comfortable with before calling timeout and putting a stop to things. He lets the other team get big, big momentum swings, whereas other coaches don't. You see this all the time. Somebody goes on a 5-0, 6-0, 7-0 run, instant timeout. Let's kill this momentum, get the game back under control. And Darvin just doesn't do that. He'll let it go 10, 11, 12, and then call timeout. And now you've got a big hole to dig yourself out of. Now, sometimes it works for Darvin, though. Sometimes I'm saying, call a timeout, fix this, call a timeout, call a timeout. The energy's not good, call a timeout. And then somebody comes down and sticks a three for the Lakers. And they figure it out. Sometimes it works for Darwin. Personally, I wish he was a little bit more aggressive with his timeout usage. Avas, 
Rui is huge for the Lakers on defense. I thought Rui did a tremendous job. When D'Lo fouled out and Rui came back into the game, I thought he did a really nice job defensively. I mean, look, the dude is 6'8 with a 7'2 wingspan. That size can make a difference. That's not, that's not to say he's a great defender, but I thought he did really well to close out the game. Uh, Ham's lack of use of him, it was a bit strange. I w- uh, he said if D'Lo didn't foul out, so frustrating by Ham. Yeah, I mean, Rui, like how many minutes does, if D'Lo doesn't foul out, how many minutes does Rui end up with? He played 26, but Rui, but D'Lo fouled out and that put him back into the game. And then he got to play the entire OT. So he's probably playing 19 minutes on the night, maybe 20, if D'Lo doesn't foul out. And I would agree that's probably not enough. Although then I look where are the minutes coming from. Do you, do you want Austin not to play 42 minutes? No. Do you want LeBron not to play 45 minutes? No. You needed every one of those minutes. Do you want AD not to play 42 minutes? No. Do you want Vando to play less than 20 minutes? No. You needed him defending Ja. So where do those minutes come from? You can say D'Angelo Russell played 29. Should Troy Brown? Uh, Troy Brown played 22. So maybe that's it. You'd say take some minutes away from Troy Brown, but I thought Troy Brown was okay. He was three for five shooting. Made some okay plays. for. We'd like to see his three-point shots start to fall. Maybe he has a regression from three game. That certainly would be nice to see. Troy Brown uh, on the series is, oh, wow. Troy Brown on the series is one for eight from three in the series. And he's been one of the Lakers' better three-point shooters on the season. Shot, I think, 38% from three. On the season, he is shooting 12% from three in the series. Now, he hasn't been in a great rhythm, but I thought he was pretty good elsewhere. But 22 minutes, maybe that's a bit much. So maybe you could argue that Troy Brown, some of those minutes should have gone to Rui Hachimura. But regardless, I agree. I would like to see more of Rui than 19 minutes, which is probably what he would have gotten had D'Angelo Russell not fouled out. Demetrius Middlebrooks, I had to prepare myself for a loss, so I didn't have a heart attack. Go Lakers, go. Trev, what would you say is the biggest thing that helped them win in game four outside of what LeBron did down the stretch? So the biggest thing that helped them win in game four, I mean, it's a, obviously you can point to D'Angelo Russell's threes and, and all of that, but I felt like it was the Lakers defense that carried them through, really, because their offense... It, it, it fell to pieces from the mid second quarter on they struggled. I mean, look at second quarter, 25 points, third quarter, 27 points, fourth quarter, 23 points, 23 points in 12 minutes in the fourth quarter. Now, fortunately the Grizzlies only had 21 points in the fourth quarter. The Lakers defense figured some things out and, and just really locked in. And then in overtime, the Lakers put up 13 points in five minutes. The Grizzlies put up seven. And I thought some of what the Lakers got in overtime was getting into semi-transition off of stops. It's so critical that they get stops. I mean, the Grizzlies had 31 points in the third quarter, 29 points in the second quarter, and the Lakers just struggled to get anything going on the offensive end. But their defense, particularly in the fourth quarter and in overtime, really saved the day for them by making life difficult on the Grizzlies and creating some, at least getting stops, which then allowed them to get in at least semi-transition have some mismatches already on the offensive end that you can try to exploit and then go from there. So it was the Lakers defense that I thought made the difference in this one. Michael, 
LeBron had 20 rebounds, which is a bit underrated. Where do you rank LeBron and his clutch drive to send uh, to OT? Where do I rank it? Like all time? I don't, I mean, I don't think it's one of like the all time great plays in NBA history or an all time great play, even in LeBron's history. But it was an, I'm an incredible shot over the defensive player of the year to get it to OT. And I felt like LeBron didn't have a whole lot of burst in this game on the offensive end. Uh, and again, it's not shot the ball well from three in the series, but when he absolutely had to, when he had to reach back for that fastball and get to the rim, it was there. And that was fantastic to see. He can't do it every time, but it was there. Showtime Demon. I'm a huge AD fan. I'm a University of Kentucky fan, but he's clearly hurt and Memphis focused on him and we didn't get him the ball. He was huge first down the stretch. Am I being too easy on him? He was clearly hurt in my opinion. Part of it might indeed be the injury. That might be part of the problem with Anthony Davis. But look, I think there is blame to go around in the Anthony Davis situation. I think there's blame that can be placed on the coaching staff for not doing a better job getting him the ball, the players for not getting doing a better job getting him the ball, and on Anthony Davis for not being more demanding, not getting the ball and going, not being in more of an aggressive attack mode, and maybe the injury is part of that. Um, and again, part of that's on the Grizzlies too for doing a tremendous job preventing Anthony Davis from getting the ball. But all of those things need to come together and figure out a way to get AD the ball. Get in the ball in positions where he can take advantage and score, even if it means you need to orchestrate more dribble penetration from the perimeter, which is going to create more opportunities for Anthony Davis in the paint, whether it's on drop-off passes, whether it's on offensive rebounds, whatever. You've got to get the defense moving and rotating because if you let them just sit at home and do everything they can to prevent the pass from going to AD, that's a problem. If they're if you're letting Desmond Bain move AD out to the three-point line before he's getting a catch, uh, getting a touch on the ball, that's a problem. The Lakers have to be better, have to be more efficient with that. Trevor Lane Stan said, let's take a step back and see how far we've come. Seven months ago, we were this close to waving the white flag. Now we're up 3-1 against the two seed. Wow. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. What a turnaround this season. All right, we're going to pause for just one moment. Need to give a shout out to our sponsor, and that is Shady Rays. I love Shady Rays. This is, this is no joke here. This is not for an ad read or anything like that. Shady Rays have been my daily driver sunglasses for years, even before they became a sponsor. I literally have five pairs of Shady Rays because I've bought so many different styles. Um, they're absolutely phenomenal. So our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. They're an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair We've worn durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by the lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even one on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. I can confirm this. I had my sunglasses sitting on the seat in my car. I sat on them. I broke them. I contacted them, got a replacement pair sent to me. This was a year and a half ago that, that this happened. And I and they sent me the replacement sunglasses. Phenomenal, phenomenal stuff from them. I, mean, I don't see that from sunglasses companies. Uh, with Shady Rays, you can look good and feel good. To date, they've donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair 
or return them for free within 30 days. No risk when you shop with Shady Rays. They have your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving you their best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the code LakersNation for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Opinionated said, it's my opinion, appropriately enough. Uh, but Anthony Davis and Rui Hachimura avoid contact in the paint a lot. We need to play the other big men on the bench and give Bradley's minutes to, I think he means Beasley's minutes to Lonnie Walker. That's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see, but there was a lot of contact in this game. Anyway, there was a very physical game four, and I'm curious to see how game five is officiated. I would obviously prefer to see it officiated more like game three. And if that's the case, Jaron Jackson Jr. should be in foul trouble very quickly. But we'll see what happens in this one. We'll see what happens. And again, I would like to say, oh yeah, Rui and AD need to get more contact because that's going to put fouls on Memphis' bigs and they don't have the depth for that and, and all of that. But I don't know that you're absolutely going to get those whistles. And it's hard to take the contact time and time again if you are pretty certain the whistle's not coming. That's what we saw in game four. So if they're avoiding contact, maybe they're avoiding contact because they know they're not going to get the call because the referee's just kind of asleep at the wheel in the, in the game. And so avoiding contact is the only way to get the shot up to the rim because you're not going to get get hammered. You're not going to go to the free throw line. And the Lakers took 31 free throws in this game. So it's not like they didn't shoot free throws, but there were, there were so many things that happened with no call. Uh, Tomet, these are the types of gritty wins that make me believe, not 30-point blowouts. So there's a couple things I look at in this series. Like, yes, it's a gritty win that helps you. I don't, I don't look at this and go, oh, this is what a championship team looks like because a championship team doesn't have their offense com- fall to pieces the way the Lakers did. Um, they really struggled to get good looks, and there were moments where they looked like they were out of ideas, and part of that is uh, the Grizzlies' defense. But I didn't. I don't look at what the Lakers did in terms of their offensive execution and say, okay, that's championship basketball right there. I'll also say a championship team probably doesn't do what the Lakers did in Game Two, where they had an opportunity to to win two in a row in Memphis and go back home and maybe close out the series in four, and they just didn't match energy with the Grizzlies and they didn't seem like they were prepared to play, and they had a, a really poor showing. Um, that's not really what I see from it. So I can't look at this game and say, oh, this makes me confident that they're winning a championship this year. I would, have, I would feel more confident if they continued to execute even through some rough shooting stretches and were executing well and getting good looks, but that wasn't what I saw. And then if they didn't, let opportunities pass them by like we saw in game two. So I can't agree totally, but I will say that the ability to find a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, that's a real skill. And perhaps this Lakers team has it because they did it against the, the Wolves as well in the play-in. Little Jimmy, I got a question for y'all. Is it over? No. I'm not going to say that. I will tell you the series is over when the final buzzer sounds in the fourth quarter and the Lakers have got four wins. That's when it's over. I, that's the way I approach it. Job's not finished. Redneck corner. Can 
Uh, everyone just admit now the Lakers are a very good team, number one in the West. I don't know if I can say they're number one in the West. I mean, Denver looks great. Phoenix has not looked as good as people thought they were going to, myself included. I think they are vulnerable. But I think the Lakers are in the mix in the West, which we couldn't have said pre-trade deadline. Opinionated, let's sit Beasley for Lonnie Walker. Use those big men collectively to get AD some rest. Beasley hasn't, in my opinion, earned his minutes. That was kind of an undercurrent when Beasley was given the starting job to begin with. And it wasn't just Beasley, but Beasley, Vando, Dilo, the three new guys coming in, all got starting jobs almost right away. And that ruffled some feathers on the team. There were, and look, they started winning games and the vibes were positive and all of that, but that, that, and that shouldn't be a surprise. Like it would be a surprise if nobody cared about that. Like if that wasn't an issue with the Lakers players, that the three new guys just coming in that hadn't toiled through the whole season with everybody else were just handed starting jobs. But nonetheless, Beasley has not, and I, I hope, look, I hope Beasley, maybe Beasley's the guy that gets hot from three that we need. Maybe Beasley goes six for nine from three in like a 12-minute stretch or something in game four. Maybe that happens. I don't know. That would be wonderful. It'd be fantastic. But of the newer guys, yeah, Beasley is not, his shot has not gone the way the Lakers hoped it would. And uh, I could see where Lonnie Walker could be, his skill set would be the better fit for the job that uh, the Lakers are asking for those minutes right now. As far as playing other bigs, who? If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Who are you playing? I know people say Mobamba. Is it Wenyon? Wenyon's played a little bit, but mostly the Lakers have decided that when AD's out, they're going to have LeBron and Rui on the floor to defend Jaron Jackson. That's what they're going to do. They're going to use LeBron and Rui as uh, two guys who are both 6'8", and they're going to use them on the floor in, in tandem rather than go with, say, a Wenyan Gabriel who offers no floor spacing, go with Mo Bamba who offers floor spacing but hasn't played at all in this series really aside from, I think he got a garbage time appearance. But yeah, I don't know who you turn to. I mean, doesn't seem like that's the Lakers game plan here, at least not right now. And people will argue against it, and I understand, but I don't know if you dust off Mo Bamba right now, who doesn't have that, like, at least Lonnie has a track record of playing with LeBron, has played with AD, has been with the team the entire season. So there's that familiarity there. There isn't a lot of familiarity with Mo Bamba because he got hurt. And so you're not used to being on the floor with him. 
problem with Beasley is he's a better catch and shoot as opposed to creating a shot for himself. Well, yeah, Beasley can't, he's not a, a shot creator. He can catch and shoot and he can shoot off of the move. So a handoff off of a curl, he can shoot there. But here, Beasley, here's the ball, break your man down one-on-one. No, he's not going to do that. That's not what you want him doing. Lonnie is much better at that off the dribble shooting. Agreed. Lonnie has a pull-up jumper that is, um, it can be good. Now, Lonnie can be a little bit overzealous with his shot too. But ultimately, and I've talked about this before, ultimately, give me the guy who is crazy athletic and, and can make something happen out of nothing and get to the rim and, and finish. I think that's the more important skill set to have. And uh, that that's Lonnie Walker. That's not Malik Beasley right now. Now, again, if Beasley plays, I hope Beasley goes berserk and just starts hitting all the threes because that could win you a game. We just haven't seen it yet. And we're still waiting for that true like breakout, not garbage time breakout performance from Malik Beasley. But Lakers Nation, thank you guys for joining me here today. Uh, give me your thoughts. Big game tonight. Game five. Can the Lakers get the job done? Let me know in the comment section down below. Till next time. See ya and stay safe. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.